You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco alongside our producer, Taylor Mitchell. And we're going to be talking about human trafficking. North Carolina is ranked seventh worst in the nation for human trafficking, and Charlotte has the most reported cases in the state. The International Labor Organization estimates 20 to 30 million people are trafficked each year. One of the reasons the Charlotte market is such an area for human trafficking, according to experts, is Interstate 85, which connects several other states and several other big cities like Atlanta. In South Carolina, the state was recognized by a group called Shared Hope International as one of the most improved states in 2018 for its efforts to combat human trafficking. So to hear more about this topic, we're joined by Kyle Hearn. He's with a group called Justice Ministries, which is based in Charlotte. It's a nonprofit group that serves victims of sex trafficking and sex exploitation. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. So Kyle, tell us a little bit about um, the work that Justice Ministries does and what your role is um, in that. Yeah, so Justice Ministries is a nonprofit organization and we focus on serving the victims of sex trafficking and also sexual exploitation through outreach, just meeting them where they're at, through emergency services, um, helping them if they just need kind of a relocation or transport, and working with um, just law enforcement who's doing amazing work as well. And then we'll also walk with any victims through transitional care whether that's through programs or case management, um, but helping them rise up to basically leave the past behind, learn from it, grow, and be able to live a strong, independent life. So how big of a problem is human trafficking here in the Carolinas? Yeah, as you were just mentioning earlier, um, North Carolina definitely seems to have some more uh, hustle and bustle going on and but also South Carolina can easily be overlooked being a smaller state. Um, But there is a highway system that does add a lot to it. And as we know in the Charlotte area, as Charlotte is just growing with the population increase and the business and the financial district that it has, so that will bring in, um, whether it's crime rings or just more crime with more growth that it may have. And so it's been a problem for quite some time in different areas, and whether that's from local crimes or larger rings, kind of utilizing whether it would be the freeways or airports or whatever it may be. Um, But the biggest seems to be the freeway systems and the population growth. So South Carolina has formed a human trafficking task force that works with the Attorney General's office. Does North Carolina have anything similar to that? Um, Is the state doing anything on a government level um, to combat? Yeah, and so they actually have a human trafficking task force established in North Carolina, and a lot of it is based out of Raleigh. And so there's a task force with different service providers and Um, government officials and law enforcement officials collaborating to work together um, for the same mission, to be able to combat human trafficking. And though everyone has a different way of doing that through social services or law enforcement or the government, being able to work together on the same team. So North Carolina does um, have that task force up in the heart. Kyle, it seems like a lot of times when people hear the term, maybe if they 
haven't studied it or aren't familiar with it, maybe they think of, you know, people trying to be smuggled across the border or something like that. But oftentimes when we talk about human trafficking, what we're talking about is basically slavery and being forced to work as a sex worker. Isn't that correct? Yeah. And uh, a lot of times people will kind of go towards the movie uh, Taken. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that movie with Liam Neeson. And it's more like when I would refer people to it, it's more like Forrest Gump, honestly. And if you've seen Forrest Gump, you see the uh, history of Jenny. And Forrest Gump's, you know, childhood crush of abuse starting in the home and how that affected her the rest of her life and how actually in that story of Forrest Gump, she was being trafficked uh, across the United States. And so it's less like uh, the kind of kidnapping gung-ho cases and more, um, more kind of hidden, but hidden in plain sight. So who is at risk of becoming a victim of human trafficking? That's where it's uncomfortably large, uh, that it's not just a specific audience, but at least with minors that get trafficked, the highest um, thing that actually the National Hotline discovered was that the majority of minors that were being trafficked were runaways, or were kicked out of their homes, or they came out of the welfare system, or they were abused as a child. And so those three pieces, um, runaway welfare system or childhood abuse, seem to be very heavy triggers for minors, and that would stay with them uh, perhaps through adulthood. But it's really just a vulnerable population if People are willing to give up vulnerability or minors give up vulnerability, whether that's through social media or through a job posting or um, whatever the case may be. So when we hear about the cases of human trafficking, we usually hear about women um, being the victims, but are men at risk too? Are there cases of men being human trafficked? Yeah, there definitely are cases of men and boys being trafficked, but since there's less of a demand for them, there's going to be less of a supply of them, it seems like. And so normally it's about, you know, a third or a fourth um, on the, and that's on the high scale, uh, would say that of the victims of human trafficking would be male. A lot more of the males tend to be victims of labor trafficking and a lot more of the victims of sex trafficking tend to be female. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco, alongside our producer, Taylor Mitchell. We're speaking with Kyle from Justice Ministries. It's a nonprofit group based in Charlotte that serves the victims of human and sex trafficking. Kyle, a lot of times you hear about you know, some of these stories after women have escaped these situations, and you hear about all these opportunities that maybe they, they had or, or times where people will say, well, why didn't they just get away? Why didn't they just flag down that police officer? Why didn't they knock on a neighbor's door? And one of the reasons I've seemed to heard in some of these stories and some of the reporting is that some of these women are so fearful that that they're going to be in even more trouble if they ask for help, if they stop a police officer, if by chance there's that one second that they aren't being watched. Um, Is that the case? Yeah, and it depends on what that individual has gone through. What have they been told? 
what has their experience been with law enforcement, good or bad. And so a lot of the times, um, whether it's through kind of threat or coercion, maybe the person that's trafficking them will create lies of what will happen if they contact law enforcement, you know, that law enforcement will arrest them or hurt them. So they're trying to put fear into their mindset or perhaps um, there has been bad experiences in the past. And that's been something that the government and the laws have done a lot of effort towards changing from seeing someone who's been trafficked as a criminal to now being seen as a victim under new laws and policies. And so it's created a lot of um, better effort there of seeing them as a victim instead of as a criminal, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And perhaps um, there's even a story of one individual whose trafficker was setting them up in a situation where they had a friend who pretended to be an undercover cop and offered that person a way out. And when that person took the offer, they were tricked and it really was one of their pimp's friends. And so they got beaten as a result for taking an offer to leave. And so there was more fear instilled in that. And also most victims of human trafficking actually do not identify as victims of human trafficking. And even if you said that, they'd be like, no, it doesn't seem like it, or a pimp, no, that's that's my friend, um, or that's my mom, or that's my boyfriend, and uh, I just need to help them out for a little bit. And so self-identification is a challenge as well. So Fortune.com published an article about the industry that is human trafficking. And one of their sources said that a lot of judges and juries don't really understand the difference between prostitution and sex trafficking. Um, could you tell us a little bit the differences between the two? Yeah, so prostitution is kind of famously known for its willingness. Uh, if someone wants to enter into prostitution and trafficking requires force, fraud, or coercion to compel somebody into commercial sex acts or labor acts. So it requires force, fraud, or coercion. And prostitution would not require those things. And so there's an unwillingness with trafficking that there's not with prostitution. But ultimately, of the stories that we've encountered with individuals that did go in willingly, it's normally still pressured on them whether it's trying to provide for a loved one with, you know, financial stability or survive in an environment that's tough. It's, it looks like it's willingly, but there's really intense pressures that are causing that to happen. And when someone willingly goes into prostitution, it's very hard for them to be able to stay doing it alone without anyone else kind of jumping in and whether that's becoming their trafficker or handler or whatever the case may be. And so it's very rare that they actually get to go through it alone. And when they want out at that point, a circle uh, starts to kind of develop that will keep them entrapped of different difficult situations. So Kyle, what would be some of the things that, that these people that are perpetrating this 
what kind of tactics would they use? What what kind of scams might they use to to lure some of these vulnerable women into these situations? There are just so many, but whether it's through social media recruitment or just through befriending someone going through a difficult situation, um, it's really just keeping an eye out. They're keeping an eye out for vulnerability and exposing that vulnerability and utilizing that for their own gain. And so if there's a vulnerability of a runaway that they encounter, a runaway 15-year-old who's running away from something that must have been difficult or else they wouldn't be running. So they're trying to see that vulnerability and be the answer to that. If they're running away because there's a lack of love, well, trying to become that person who loves the victim. Or if there's a fear from past abuse, being someone that comforts um, and loves and appears that way on the surface. And so really just finding a vulnerability and exposing it, and then that'll take place on different avenues, whether that's on the street, online, on social media, um, in different recruitment strategies, however it plays out. So what are some things that young women um, can do to combat uh, human trafficking? Um, How uh, would they know that it's a bad situation? What are some of the signs? I think first off, knowing where to go if you see something or something's just a little off and you're not sure if it's trafficking or not, being able to make a call and being able to have the phone number of the national hotline um, in your phone that does a great job of receiving calls and basically doing the work to learn is it trafficking or not so that we don't have to or that we don't have to be the heroes either uh, because that's not our job and sometimes that'll put us at more risk than anything else. And so wanting to be wise in that effort too. But being aware of what kind of environment are you going into? If you're driving, if you're walking, if you know, you're with a group or alone, um, how do you want to be safe? And the biggest thing is keeping the mindset situationally aware of what's going on around us and where we are at. And so being situationally aware and then, um, hopefully not being alone and knowing what environments we're going into. And also that is being aware when we're online, on our phones, um, and what we're saying as well in public that maybe perpetrators would want to expose a vulnerability that we might be sharing as well and figuring out how can we befriend um, and look out for potential victims in our communities. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco, alongside our producer, Taylor Mitchell. We're speaking with Kyle from Justice Ministries. It's a nonprofit group based in Charlotte that serves the victims of human and sex trafficking. Kyle, if you were someone listening to this and you, you, you said earlier about if you see something that doesn't look right, I mean, are there some some indicators that maybe people should be aware of, like if they're at a rest stop or in a, in a parking lot of a store. And I mean, are there some signs that people might should look for that, that, okay, I should call the police. Something here is, is a miss. Yeah. And it kind of varies of what environment are we in? I know the Carolinas, like we were talking about earlier, a lot is based around the highway systems and there's a great group called truckers against trafficking. And they've been doing some good work. And, uh, 
another group doing that as well in the Carolinas. And so being aware at rest stops, because rest stops would actually be a place where pimps would go knocking on doors of truckers saying, hey, I'll give you this amount of money if you can take this girl from this place to this place. And so looking out for things like that, that just look amiss. Why would somebody be knocking on the doors of truckers at a rest stop when they're trying to rest, you know? Um, so keeping just our eyes out and being alert and not necessarily fearful, but being wise and aware of what's going on around us, whether that's at a truck stop or when we're driving through our cities. Let's look around at what kind of um, businesses are advertising themselves at strip malls or advertisements along the side of the roads or on billboards. And massage parlors are a big hub for trafficking in the area as well. There was just another article posted a couple weeks ago about a trafficking victim getting out of a situation that was really hard from a massage parlor and just a very difficult, um, heartbreaking situation. But luckily, law enforcement did great work on that and that person is getting help. And so being situationally aware of where we're at and then from there, we can kind of look up different ways and different uh, kind of red flags. The National Hotline from Polaris has a great piece on their website of signs to look for and how to take action and such like that. And so it's going to be different for the different environments, right? It's going to be different thing to look for at a truck stop than at a strip mall or at a, a place you're getting a massage versus when you're going you know, downtown somewhere out to eat. One last thing, Kyle. Uh, recently in the news, there have been these uh, viral posts that have been on Facebook about warning women in a number of different states to be wary if they find a zip tie attached to their vehicle, uh, especially the windshield wipers, that that might be some kind of marker that they potentially could be a victim of human trafficking. I guess Facebook flagged that as um, as being false news or or not accurate. Um, what can you tell us about this? Most of what I knew came from an article from the Florida uh, Police Department, and they were saying it did not appear uh, legitimate um, from what they investigated into that piece. But again, it's just being situational aware and seeing, okay, if there is that, did I see somebody walking away from my car that I could kind of talk to or see why they did that and if they need help or what's going on there or if that's just someone trying to mess around. Um, but what I do know is the Florida Police Department looked into it and they didn't see it as legitimate upon their investigation. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for looking into this. That was Kyle Hearn. He's with Justice Ministries, a nonprofit group based in Charlotte that serves the victims of human and sex trafficking, talking about the subject. We're going to take a break. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. 